Hello and welcome to a new episode of the BIM Voice. Today, our guest is Antonio Gonzalez Viegas, who is an architect and BIM developer. Hello, Antonio. How are you doing? Hello. Good. How about you? <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you. It's so nice to have you here. Introduce yourself, please. Yeah. Um, hello. Uh, I'm Antonio. I am an architect, uh, graduated in Sevilla, which, which is a city in the South Spain, the capital of Andalusia, actually. And then uh, I started working in some studios, but I quickly uh, came into Sype, which is a software uh, company for, for Beam software. And then, yeah, uh, there I learned how to code because, you know, having breakfast every day with people that code and you don't know how to code. And it's like, oh, I, I need to learn this <laughs> at least to follow the conversations in the morning. And yeah, I love this. And now I'm doing this little project in my free time. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I forgot to mention this when I introduced you, that you are actually the main developer of IFC GIS, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, it was right until like one month ago, because one month ago, uh, there was another person with a really, really similar project, but with a different approach, which is uh, Tom Van Diegelen. And this person came to me and told me basically like, hey, we are doing the same thing. Why don't we join forces? And in the end, uh, I will explain that later if, if you want, but in the end, the, we've like emerged both projects. And now we are, he's like more focused on the backend, so to call it, or, or the, the processing part. And I'm more focused on the front end or the three adaptation and so on. But yeah, in the end, we are now working in everything. But yeah, like we are now two main people working in this project. Okay, so uh, what is going to be the name in the future for this project? Oh, well, right now we have three separate repositories. Um, IFC.js will remain. And the idea with, with that is that it will be uh, both an open source IFC viewer and also a place in which people can go and see uh, boilerplate code uh, when they want to develop Bing applications. Because, you know, uh, yes, there are a lot of Bing applications, but in the end, almost all of them need the, the same basic functionalities, such as selecting objects, seeing properties, moving around, having menus, and so on. Mm -hmm. So IFC.js will use uh, 3.js which is the library we're using to display 3D things in the browser. And anyone going there will be able to develop Bing applications just in a couple of minutes because they will have all the tools and all the code they need to do that. And then we have this other repository, which is Web IFC. And this contains all the complexity that we need to load IFC files. But this complexity is like hidden, so people don't need to see the scary things that go on. Under, mm -hmm. under the hood. Yeah, I understand. Well, let's dive uh, deeper in then. Uh, do you mind sharing the screen and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, let's... Uh, talking more uh, more in depth about this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, can you see my screen? Yes, yes, I can see it. It's working. Yeah, perfect. So, um, yeah, basically, uh, this story started, um, I think it was in October, maybe? Uh, I was learning how to code in JavaScript because my background before that, I have been coding for less than two years, I think. And I started with C-sharp 
in the context of the Revit API, and this is something I did for 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 site. But then I I really loved how to code, and yeah, uh, I wanted to learn more about that. So I started with JavaScript because for me, web development was the perhaps most interesting topic. And I I was looking for a project like something to do in my free time, so because you know just learning theory is can be uh, boring. Mm -hmm. And I found out this, this issue in 3.js. For those who do, don't know, 3.js is a library to see uh, 3D in the web. This library allows you to like really, really easily create 3D models and display them in the web and create video games and do a lot of stuff. And it's open source. So you can see the code here. So I found that this library uh, didn't have uh, a module or a tool for loading IFC files. And I thought like, oh, it would be so good to have an IFC loader that can easily load IFCs because I'm aware that there are a lot of developers who want to start developing Beam applications. Um, one of the perhaps biggest uh, obstacles is that reading and writing IFC files is something really difficult. But in the end of the day, we are, we all want to do the same thing. It's like, Probably Revit reads IFC files in a really similar way as Archicad and in a really similar way to old plans. So I thought, well, why don't I do this? Because I work with IFCs every day. I know more or less the structure. Why don't I do this as a project? Uh, actually, in this pull request, there was people like asking, Is, isn't there anything to do something like this in 3.js? And this was like two years ago. So yeah. Uh, at some point, I just commented, yeah, uh, hey, I'm starting with this, and I perhaps want to start a project here. So yeah, um, and I just jumped into the pool because I had no idea what I needed to, to make this kind of project. Yeah. This was something really, I didn't know how much time would I have to do this because, again, this is something I do in my free time. But yeah, uh, this was the 13th of October, and... And then, yeah, I started the project. Uh, this is, this is the I best said, way to learn anyway. Sorry for yeah, interrupting. Yeah, exactly, because like, I, I, just... I think that this this mm -hmm. was a great way to generate pressure to have people asking me, hey, how do because if you're doing a project and nobody knows it, it's like, yeah, I'm doing this, but yeah. Um, Doesn't but matter. If, if so, there's yeah. like a, a great amount of people asking you every day, hey, how is the project going? You are like, oh, I have to sit down this night to to, to do some things because otherwise... Yeah, mm -hmm. and yes, um, it was difficult. And I think that the main difficulty of this project, and actually one of the reasons why this project is becoming so popular now in the, in the social networks, is like I said, that if you try to develop an open beam application, like starting from scratch, like, okay, I will take JavaScript and develop a, a tool that is able to see IFCs or, you know, uh, I don't know, to calculate how much materials do you have in your IFC or something like that? You stumble across this documentation, which is very detailed, but at, at the same time, it's really hard because this is like a dictionary. It has a lot of information. It has all the definitions, but it's like, okay, but you know, it's like trying to learn a language with a dictionary. You can do that. Perhaps you can, you know, take a Spanish dictionary and learn some words, but probably you won't be able to have a conversation. And yeah, uh, I, there, there's more documentation than that, but the main problem was, was this. And 
the main idea with this project, which by the way, this is the pull request. This is the, the this is the mechanism that GitHub has for me to give my code to 3.js once we are finished. Um, I think that one of the reasons why people is so excited about this, myself included, is that everyone will be able to use IFCs without having to struggle with this documentation. Because at the end of the day, yeah, we all want the same. We, we all want to see the model and take the information. Um, why don't we do this once and then everyone else can, you know, uh, use this work to, to do the whatever they want to do. So, yeah, uh, uh, it was hard. Um, you can you can go to my GitHub repo and see how it goes because one good thing about GitHub is that it tracks all the steps in the project. And you can see that I started this, yeah, in the end of October, more or less. And then, yeah, this was the... Actually, I, I bought the Switch, the Nintendo Switch for myself, and this is why there's a whole <laughs> the contributions here. But yeah, uh, I've been quite active. This is the only project I'm doing right now. And if you go to yeah Twitter, you will see how it went. In the beginning, I only could display some walls, uh, some furniture, and then it became better. I was able to actually um, display curtain walls, any kind of furniture. Um, yeah, and the good thing is that because this is web, this is web development, this is something that works both in mobiles and in tablets, in computers. And yeah, uh, this, this as, as I said, this, this gained a, a lot of visibility. Um, and if I go up, actually, I, I, I later was able to you know to retrieve the information of the IFC files, but in this point of the project, there was a major issue, and was that uh, you know that JavaScript is a really easy language, and this was one of the reasons why I decided to do the whole project in JavaScript. And anyone, any 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 anyone that knows like the basics of coding is able to read and write JavaScript. It's a really really easy language. Uh, but the downside is that it's not a compiled language. You know that in programming, there are two mm -hmm. kinds of languages. One are the compiled languages, which means that once you're finished with the code, you compile it to something that the user can execute from, from the computer, like a .x or a .dll file. Mm -hmm. And this is very efficient because then when you execute the, the software, this compiled code gets copied into the RAM memory and it's, it's sent to the CPU and it's very, very efficient. But JavaScript is not a compiled language. And this means that if I click, I don't know, F12 in any web page, this is the Chrome developer tools and is you, you all have this in Google Chrome, okay? And if I click any element, mm -hmm. uh, you are able to see the code of that. I mean, the code is not compiled. And this means that what is happening here is that um, the code, the compiled code of Google Chrome gets copied into the RAM memory. And then all the information that you get from the internet is interpreted in real time by Google Chrome. And once it's interpreted, it's sent to the CPU by line by line. It's it's different. Instead of translating the whole code and then sending it to the to the CPU. It's line by line translating the code, and this is it. This is obviously much much slower than you know 
something like C++ or C or any, this is the reason why, you know, um, there's this, and um, there's this notion that web applications are not as performant or are less powerful than native applications. This is the main reason why this is like this. And yeah, this is was, this was very nice. Uh, we were able to, you know, uh, have different, different aspects in the model. We were able to navigate all the properties of the model. All this was plain JavaScript, nothing, nothing more. But the, the downside of this was the loading time because we were, we, or, or, or I, was, I was facing increasing loading times with, with bigger models. And this was something of my concern because I was aware that a lot of people wanting to use this library really were, were dealing with, you know, like uh, one gigabyte big model. And this could take like, I don't know, one minute to open. And this was probably an obstacle because if you take any uh, IFC viewer, any native IFC viewer like Beam Vision, you, they are able to open files much faster. And at this point uh, is when one day I, I, I had a notification in GitHub and there was an issue. Issues are like a place where people can post comments with suggestions mm -hmm. and you know start conversations. Um, and and Tom show up and told me like, hey, I am yeah doing more or less the same project, but instead of using JavaScript, I'm using WebAssembly, uh, which is a really really new technology, which allow to take compiled language and bring them to the browser. So this is much more efficient because the browser doesn't need to interpret line by line in the code. It's like a package of super efficient code that can be sent directly to the CPU. Obviously, this is much more complex uh, than, than yeah. that, but yeah, more or less, it's, it's like that. And he, he showed me what he had, and it was really promising. So yeah, we had this conversation. And in the end, we, we, we decided to, to join forces and, and, um, and work on this together. Uh, but yeah, this is a, um, if you, if you look for WebAssembly or WASM in the, in Google images, you get this kind of images. And this mm -hmm. is the idea, like you, you can get your C, C++ or Rust or Go code and then compile it to a WASM file, which is something that the browser can interpret and execute, uh, much, much faster. Mm -hmm. Um, right now. We have three repositories, okay? Like before we had only one project, now we have three. And this might be confusing or might sound confusing, but there's a specific reason why we have three repositories. This is the, so to say, Tom's part or Tom's mm -hmm. repository, even though I'm, I am collaborating with him on this. Mm -hmm. And this is like the, the brain of the application, the, the backend of the application. And this is able to load IFCs almost as fast as native applications. This is pure C++ code, which means that it's as efficient as the code can, can because you know that C++ is one of the most efficient languages uh, out there. And yeah, the problem with this code is that um, the price for using this technology is that it's something really, really new. And you have to install a lot of things in your computer that are not easy to install. So perhaps you have to lose, you know, uh, like one afternoon or, or, or two afternoons just fighting with this in order to download the library and being able <laughs> to, to click on play. Only that, not writing any, any code, just having everything in your computer requires quite some effort. And because we are aware of this effort, uh, we, don't, we don't want to, you know, um, 
close the door to other developers to join this project. And probably a lot of developers will be scared when when they, you know, go in here and see all these um, CPP or C++ files uh, referencing the WebAssembly. I mean, this is uh, new, this is scary, and this is complex. So this was the reason why we would we decided to man to keep this inside this repository. In a way, it's like hiding all the uh, scary details of, of the implementation of the implementation. Mm -hmm. So if tomorrow we have, you know, one developer that says, hey, I'm an expert in C, I want to join your project, or I'm an expert in the IFC schema. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to go low level with this. And when I say low level, I am referring to, you know, dealing with bytes and bits when you're reading a file and this kind of complex stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, the good thing, another good thing about this is this is completely uh, agnostic of technologies, meaning that yes, we have decided to make the you know the implementation with uh, 3.js, but obviously there are more libraries out there that are able to generate 3D geometry. So this, what this does is this reads IFCs and gives back or or returns. Uh, geometry. So this geometry, which is uh, you know just vertexes and planes mm -hmm. in the space, defined as coordinates or just numbers. So um, this can be used by Babylon JS, for example. That is another library. Or if tomorrow someone decides to create a new um, rendering library for for the web, this will be compatible with that. So we are not coupling or we are not depending on 3.js on this. We we want to be as open as possible. Mm -hmm. So this backend, which is like the the most complex complex thing of the whole project, is is open to to collaboration with with any library. Yes, this is the first repository, the brain, so to say. Then we have a second repository, which is this, and this repository is the adaptation of the brain to 3.js, because there must be like a a way to make uh, the brain work together with 3.js entities or, you know, it's it's like an adapter. When, mm -hmm. Like when you go to another country and your 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 device doesn't fit in the in the plugin mm -hmm. and, and you need an adapter to, to make this work, this is like an adapter. And then we have 3.js, which is basically... Uh, yeah, the front end of the application. And this is the place where we will have all the logic for, for example, picking objects, uh, showing menus in the web, um, accessing the properties, traversing those properties. And I know that this might sound a little bit abstract. So for this reason, let me, um, let me open something so you can see why and what, the, the the benefit of this approach or the or the or the state of of the of the project. Let's see if I can. Uh, okay. Yeah. If you go to uh, if you download this code, uh, what you will see is this. And if if I execute this, uh, this is really really simple. You see that yeah we have an IFC viewer. Really, really simple. We, we, we still need to work on this more. Uh, if I open a file, uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's open this, for example. 
what this is doing, this is calling the, the brain or the backend that we develop. Then this is wrapped inside the adapter that again, mm -hmm. we develop them. And then it's displaying this in, in the browser. So uh, as you say, or, or as you saw, this, this model was loaded relatively quickly. It's, it's, it has a decent size. And if we open this in front of an, an, a native IFC viewer such as Beam Vision, we will see that the times are really similar with the difference that this is on the web, which means that it is completely compatible with any device, including mobile phones and tablets and macOS and Linux and so on. May I, I ask you something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, is this for the time being available only offline? You can, you just need to download this fireifc.js and run it in offline mode, or you you don't have a, any infrastructure yet for online use, right? Well, yes. There's there's a deployed example of this. Uh, if I go to ifc.js, here we have deployed the code in GitHub Pages. So if I click here, we have the exact exact same thing oh, yeah. in the web. So the idea is that if anyone implements any changes tomorrow, this will be available in the demo. But the, the important thing here is not the viewer itself. The important thing here is that, that this whole viewer, everything that you are seeing, um, is implemented here in, in less than 100 lines of code. like. This, this is this what you see, which obviously if you don't know how to code, this might look scary, but I can assure you that for someone who knows how to code, we'll see at this code and it's really, really, really simple. And having a full functional IFC viewer or Beam viewer, which might be the basis for a future Beam application in less than 100 lines of code without having to worry about details about how to open the FC, how to, this is something that in my opinion, at least it's really a game changer. Impressive. Yeah, because tomorrow if someone that, you know, has just started to code, just like me uh, some months ago, and wants to start developing Beam applications, using this, he can get started right away without any knowledge about you know the the details about ifcs and so on because once we have the geometry here uh, we are able to yeah to select that geometry access to that data um so yeah um this is something that even though it's really junk because it's we have been developing this since october but this huge change like changing everything to wasm Using I'm I'm making this together with Tom's impl implementation. This is something that happened uh, not a long time ago. So it's this this is still really really young, but we are very happy with the current state. For example, let's open a Revit sample project. Um, uh, regarding the JavaScript file you showed me, did you use React there? No, 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 it's plain JavaScript. You can, this is Vanilla? compatible with React, but you okay. can use, uh, yeah, this is, this is, uh, yeah, if, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I, if you want me to explain this, it's really no, simple. No, 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 don't, don't go into me many details. I was just curious. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, no, it's plain JavaScript. The only thing it's doing here is creating the scene, mm -hmm. creating the camera, creating the renderer, some lights, and not much more. It's, it's just that. 
and creating the you know the gray background and mm -hmm. but the the file is loaded right away and if you are if you are wondering by the way uh these two lines is the uh, everything you need to load an ifc in your in your web application mm -hmm. you instantiate the ifc loader and you call the load function and give the you know it's two lines of code everything you need to have ifc to have your tool compatible with IFC. Mm -hmm. So yeah, nice. uh, this is the Revit um, sample sample project. And as you see, we're already able to load all the false ceilings, all the furniture, the people, the doors. Uh, yeah, uh, let me ask you something else. If it's so simple, why doesn't anybody else did anything about this before? Because I think that, um, the only people that, uh, I, I mean, in my opinion, this is everything my opinion, right? Of course. Um, IFC documentation, it's really painful. And, and it was painful for me. And I work with IFC every day. And this makes it really hard for anyone in their free time to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to study this uh, 4,000 long uh, documentation <laughs> and the result of this of this in my opinion improvable documentation is that the only people that has actually sat sit down and um and you know implement ifcs are either the open or other open source libraries because this is not the only only uh open source library or the big software vendors such as uh autodesk or Nemechek, who get money for this. And because this requires so much effort and so many hours, I think this is something that nobody did for free, you know, ex except for those libraries yeah. uh, that already exist. And if your question is, why do those libraries? Because I think that the main difference between ifc.js and other libraries, such as um, and I don't know these libraries in detail, so I might make a mistake when I talk about them. But yeah, I think that the main difference is that ifc.js is based on the browser, and this makes it really easy to create a really, really simple interface so other people can be build other applications on top of, on top of it. As far as I know, and again, I might be wrong, other libraries, do not use uh, JavaScript. And this means that if you want to develop a Beam application using those libraries, what you have to do is uh, create a server because you know that usually in web applications, we have two parts. One is the browser or the client, and the other part is the server, which is a computer yeah. somewhere in the world where you, you, know, you get the data from the server. Mm -hmm. And if tomorrow I want to uh, create a project using those libraries, I want to set up a server, which is already, you know, not as simple as it, it's more complex. Mm -hmm. uh, and then have part of the application in the server, because if I have me, the, the thing here is that browsers only understand JavaScript. And if you have code that is not JavaScript, you have to execute that code in a computer, not in the browser. So this means that in the server, you have to have this application, execute that application. And once you have the information, send it back to the client. 
And this is complex because in the end, I am loading the IFC in the browser, sending that IFC to the server, processing it in the backend and getting it back. Mm -hmm. Whereas this allows you to do this much simpler. This, this is just a matter of, yes, um, mm -hmm. loading it directly here and it's, it's there. There's, we, we, we do all the heavy lifting and mm -hmm. the hard work. I understand. Uh, I wanted to ask you why did you choose to go with open source, but I think the answer is already in everything I saw so far. Like, well, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Actually, um, you you know, there's one, there's one principle. Uh, I I cannot remember the name. There's one principle that says that the fastest way to to learn something in internet is not asking question, but uh, saying the wrong answer. Because if you say the wrong answer, there will be someone that corrects you. <laughs> uh, this has a name, I, I can't remember the name. Um, and I think that open source is the perfect example for that. Because yes, you can obviously make Udemy courses or you can make uh, boot camps or to learn to code. But I think that the best thing I have taken out of this project is learning from people that know much more than me. And Tom is an example. Tom is a computer engineer that, he, and obviously I'm an architect, I'm not a computer engineer, but collaborating with him has already taught me a lot that probably this, this knowledge is not something I can get out of a course in Udemy or in YouTube. Um, and yes, the actually the main reason to make open source software was because I thought I was convinced that this was the best way to learn and the best way to know people that otherwise I could never know. Yeah. And obviously contributing to the uh, community because I think that uh, sadly, uh, there are not many open source options in the BIM uh, ecosystem we have now. And yeah, this is something that I, I think will change soon and contributing to this change is something that makes me happy because I think that I would like to have this kind of software and instead of you know waiting for someone else to do it why don't doing it myself mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's so true uh, i thank you personally for your contribution to the open source community for aac um there there is there are other points also uh, i believe if you uh, like uh, if you want to start something proprietary about this you need maybe a better a bigger team not better but a bigger team and it takes more time until you get a product right but now because you you just put the project out there you just got in contact with other passionate people about the project and this way the project exploded right and it will keep exploding so this is something else that you won't get with proprietary software yeah exactly um i i really um i really don't think that um that you know uh, open source will eventually i don't i don't think that open source will substitute proprietary software but i think that there are a lot of things a lot of things that can be solved in open source and this will benefit both the individual uh, developer or the the you know the sniper developer that develop small applications alone and the big companies because for example uh, yes ifc ifc viewing I think that all companies, all software companies that develop BIM software have at least one person whose job is to 
implement exactly what we have implemented in this open source library. So yeah, we have this, now it's open. So probably this will, you know, um, save a lot of money, even for the bigger companies. And if tomorrow uh, there's changes in the IFC schema and there are problems, instead of correcting these things one time per software, we can correct this here. And all the people, even proprietary softwares using this library, will benefit from that change. Yeah. So yes, yes. And to me, it was really um, impressive how friendly and how helpful the people are in open, in the open source community. So yeah, it's exactly like you described. I started this project with, without knowing exactly whether I was going to be able to do it. But yeah, uh, a lot of people showed up. Like I think that in the Discord channel, we are, we are more or less 30 developers, which is obviously not many developers, but I, I, there are more and more coming up. And yeah, to me, it was really, really impressive. And I am aware that most of these developers have more, more experience than me and know much more than me. But again, this, this was exactly what I wanted or what I was looking for with this. Yeah, first, to, yeah. Uh, 30 developers is not uh, a little. It is a lot for a project that just started. So uh, that is very positive. Don't don't uh, look at the positive side. It's a lot of people that are interested in contributing. So that's that's very interesting and very important. I don't know if there are so many contributing to Blender BIM. So uh, it looks like maybe it's, it is more interest for this because maybe there are people from companies that see value in this and they can that can be reused in their projects. Uh, so that is one thing and another thing if you even if you have people like software developers with their experience and you can learn a lot from them let's just just don't use that to like something to diminish your qualities and your experience here because you have some unique qualities in this like it was you who started this project once and you are an architect you you are working in the AAC industry you you have the the vision that they cannot have they are software developers, right? They don't. So you have your unique qualities that cannot be replaced. Yeah, uh, I think that in the future, uh, you know, coding will be like English. Everyone will know more, at least a little bit of, of it in, in, in order to communicate with each other. I think so this yeah, is I happening. Agree. This is happening already. And I, I've, I, at least a few times, I've been saying exactly this in some episodes. Uh, all the episodes of the podcast. I said exactly this, like coding is becoming, it is already like here in Norway, uh, all the, like most of the, the job postings that I see, they include like, you need to know at least graphic programming, at least how to use Grasshopper, always, but always specify that if you know Python or other uh, so, uh, programming languages, it's a big plus. And there are some of them that they require you to know. And there is there are these companies like Reop. Uh, maybe you heard about uh, Bad Monkeys and uh, Hokon Vossog. Mm -hmm. uh, I hope I pronounced his name correctly. Uh, they just they have a company of engineers and architects that are coders mostly, and they are helping uh, engineering companies and the clients in the construction industry or other consultants with exactly this part of the job, with uh, programming and uh, making everything more efficient. So 
I have no doubt. Like, unfortunately, the academia is not, has not understood this yet. So the curricula does not reflect this uh, present or future that is becoming uh, more valuable and more by every day. But I hope they will update in the, in the uh, future. Yeah, I think this is one problem. Uh, yeah, uh, in Spain, the architectural career, career uh, the architecture degree takes six years, six whole years, because they try to prepare you both the artistic and technical side. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, um, for me, it was really eye-opening when I, uh, I learned uh, C++ in Udemy. Like it was just one bootcamp. It wasn't even, you know, a really, really deep uh, course or anything. And then I posted in LinkedIn that I could do some C++. And even though I wasn't even looking for a job at that time, I got three job offers that week. Wow. And, and I think that this is something to think about, right? Like, uh, you know, obviously the university is very, is an en enriching experience. You know a lot of people, you grow as a person but i i wonder whether these six years are really necessary and whether the content that i receive in those six years really uh correspond to what we find in the industry right now well you would not be the first person to find out uh that like to think about those things let's 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 say it that way there are many people that believe that like if you want like look at the the biggest entrepreneurs of the world of the world like bill gates he's a dropout <laughs> or uh, i don't remember steve jobs if he was but there are many of them that have done that right they they like they had something to do and they just learned and did it they did not waited for the system to validate their ideas but uh, you need you need a lot of confidence and courage to do that, I guess, right? And uh, our societies are, are trying to teach us to adhere to all the rules. And like, this is the, 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 the golden uh, path everybody should take, right? Go to school, go to university, be 25, start working, get yourself into debt and go and uh, get, uh, become a, uh, uh, retire at uh, 70 years and after that wh when are you going to enjoy life why <laughs> why why you need to wait so much to, to do the things you love like just start do what you love to do and that will will come back to you yeah i think that yes we have this problem of you know um yeah like we have this notion of that that you have to learn one one thing and then you can start working on this single thing you learned in university and do do that for a living for 40 years. And perhaps this is the world, world that our parents left, but I don't think this is the world where we live in right now. So in this constant learning process, uh, yeah, I think that programming is something that should definitely uh, be considered because um, in the end, uh, this is something that is very scary. Uh, or for, for me, it was very scary when I started, but then I discovered that it was much easier than it looked, and it was very, very useful. And even, you know, um, 
even beyond the job opportunities, which is a really pragmatic approach, yeah. uh, I think that having more people that know how to code will make the um, speed up things. Or, or sector better. Because if you have a huge community of coders who are also users of the software, they have more arguments to require for improvements in the software. Because for example, IFC, okay, this is, everyone is convinced for some reason that IFC is a format that doesn't work very well. But in the end of the day, the reason why this notion exists is that the softwares that we have in the market right now yeah. are not <laughs> able to parse, like to read and write IFC correctly. And because of that, and because of people not knowing, you know, how to code, because in the end, IFC is nothing more than a format. And if you mm -hmm. know how to code, you can, you know, read the specification and understand it. Uh, I think that if we had more culture in this topic, we would be in a position to have better tools in the end of the day and, and, a, and a better environment. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, there is another... Uh... I think th this might be also a double sword, uh, double-edged sword, uh, because I don't know. Uh, some people say that uh, in not in many years we will have uh, artificial intelligence that are going to code for us. So uh, there is going to be uh, like very, uh, very redundant, uh, very repetitive uh, tasks. Like we will have. Uh, softwares, writing softwares, you know, th yeah, that, could, that could also be a risk, but we don't know, there is nothing guaranteed, and for the time being, we need those skills. I... Yeah, but it's, it's like saying that, you know, uh, we have, like, some years ago, oh, look, yeah. we have this whole new software yeah. that uh, helps you drawing the, the building, it's, it's called Revit, <laughs> and, you know, you could think, like, 10 years or 15 years ago, oh, Perhaps because of Revit, I will lose my job. But in the end, what happens is that there's a new whole set of jobs mm -hmm. around this new technology. So yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I don't really think that coders will be substituted anytime soon. And I think if even if that happened, there would be like a new type of coder focused yeah. on developing and maintaining this new technology that has to substitute yeah. repetitive work before. I agree. I, I agree. The same like uh, the roles for engineers and architects. If we get software that can uh, design uh, buildings and uh, they won't need engineers anymore, like they are, they are going to be new roles for most. Of course, uh, you need to become much better. Uh, it's going to, to weed out a lot of people, I guess. But who, who would like to put in the effort will, will definitely have always something to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You can please go go ahead. We dive, went sideways for yeah. Um, yeah, right now, uh, one thing I wanted to show because, you know, uh, I think that if I don't show this, I would be uh, like lying or it wouldn't, what I'm showing now wouldn't be exactly true. Because obviously the model, the models that I chose to show are the models that we are able to load uh, seamlessly right now. But the library is not finished. This is a work in progress. Yeah. And I want to, to also to, to use this podcast and all the listeners to say that if you want to get into this project, we are 
completely open for collaboration because this is, again, a work in progress. And if I take a, for example, a work that we are not able to load fully right now, for example, if I close this and take, um, let's take this. Because uh, right now, Tom made his own implementation of Boolean operations, which, which are basically the, the mathematical operations that are used when you su subtract matter from other objects like when you create a window you subtract the the whole of the window this is a boolean operation usually mm -hmm. um and this is something that we are working on obviously but that we don't fully support right now so yeah uh, this is the the rabbit house from this angle it's okay but we we are we are having some my point here is that yes, this is not finished. If you try to, if you go to the library and try to load your model, you might find that there are some entities missing. That yeah, uh, we um, we are not showing everything that you see in a native finished IOC viewer, and that is normal because again, uh, this is really young. We are working on this, and if this happens and you want to contribute and you don't know how to code or you don't want to, you know, get into coding this because Perhaps this looks very intimidating to you. What you can do is go to the repository and write an issue because these kind of things give us visibility and help us find the mistakes that we are doing when developing this. When, when I say writing an issue, the, the only thing it's, it's necessary if you go to the repository, in this case, the, the backend, which is WebIFC. How it's here, easiest, uh, listen, how it's easiest to find for anyone like let's say the, it's a new user to to GitHub. How what is the easiest way to find? Yeah, uh, if you go to the ifc.js. Show me. Is, Can you please show me? Yeah, yeah. If I think if I write ifc.js, I'm not sure if we have. Well, for some reason the docs got more visibility than the repo itself. I I have no idea about SEO and this kind of things. Yeah. But yeah, uh, in these results you will you will see the GitHub repository at some point. And here, once you are here, if you go to the main page, which is this, this is the, read, the readme. This is like the presentation or the dashboard for the, for the project. Mm -hmm. And here, uh, I explain a little bit everything that I have said now, like there are two other repositories. One is for the adaptation to 3.js and the other is for the backend or the processing of IFCs and both repositories are referenced here. So if I click here, uh, I am I go here, which is the three adaptation. And if I click here, I go to the backend. So yeah, if you look for ifc.js, mm, you will have those links and you will be able to access the, the other parts of the project. We know that we need uh, more detailed and more uh, graphic documentation to show, you know, uh, what the different parts, what each part does and so on. But we are right now, we are so busy uh, implementing new things. For example, uh, we spent the last days just setting up this structure of projects so to communicate with each other. And now we are closing the pull request with 3.js, meaning that if you are a 3.js user, you will be able to load IFCs the same way as I did here, like the, with these two lines. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. So yeah, like there's a lot of things happening and we are aware that we need to develop documentation, but yeah, this, this, was, this will happen eventually as soon as we find the time to do that. Yeah, yeah, it's still early phase. It's completely, and I understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, and this is it. Uh, I'm not sure if you want to if you want me to tell me anything else, uh, this project is, um, it's small still, uh, even though one, one thing, uh, er earlier I said that we are 30 people in the Discord channel, but actually only these people contributed so far to the, uh, like, it's not that there are 30 people coding inside the project, obviously, mm -hmm. because a lot of people, a lot, a lot of these people are developers that are interested in using the library, but they don't want to contribute to the library. Mm -hmm itself um yeah and many many some of them are, are not even developers are just interested to see how development goes but but still you have some it's important that it's not only you so yeah you have you are five uh, i guess yeah. you tom and the uh, three others that well, six uh, six actually six? i think yeah six because tom tom is not here because he didn't contribute yeah he's to the this. yeah okay oh yeah. Yeah, yeah true 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 this is yours ah. yeah 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 and yeah this project is uh, is still small. Obviously, there are not there isn't any use case to this because it's a library in process, so this could not be implemented in any in in any product yet. But we are really happy with the speed of development in this project. We think that we are developing fast and that we will have a viable library in some months. So hopefully, in the summer anyone will be able to um, create Beam viewers with a couple of lines of code of JavaScript and without any effort. Who, who is this for? Who should be interested in this? Yeah, um, actually there are multiple use cases for this. Um, any, anyone that wants to show their Beam models in their web page, uh, could be interested for that. And this includes architectural studios that, you know, they perhaps they want to have uh, their projects shown in the web, not only in images or in renders, they even want to give you the 3D model. And even though here, um, even though here I have like this aspect that this looks like a whole application, mm -hmm. you can make this model small and integrate this with the HTML of your web page so that you can have this in your yeah in your studio page and have your 3d models and you can section them you can click them see information you can do with them whatever you want this also includes um um broker no how do you say that in english like the companies that sell houses perhaps they want to show the clients the 3d models like these are the houses that we have available and perhaps with some JavaScript logic, you are even able to move objects around to see things, yeah. Um, then all the people that want to create some kind of, I don't know, uh, platform or application that works with IFC, because this, that, this doesn't only uh, show the geometry, it also parses the, the data so you can get the data. So if you're working to, to construct a web application that I don't know, for example, yeah, um, reads all the quantities of the IFC or reads all the materials of the IFC, 
because perhaps you are in contact with vendors or something like that. Yeah. You can use this library, and again, you don't have to worry about reading this documentation. You can just call the function and get the data or get mm -hmm. the geometry. It's yeah, as simple as that. Uh, how how uh, for for those who 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 see this, maybe they see this some uh, similar with uh, BIM three sixty. How is this different than BIM three sixty? Are you do you know BIM three sixty? Yeah yeah yeah. Well, uh, BIM three sixty is a, pr a platform that belongs to Autodesk uh, and that has a lot of functionalities. Uh, it's a product, right? This is not a product. This is a piece to build your own product. This is something that you can use and bring to your project in order to build your own BIM 360 if you want to see that this like that. Because without this, you have to be able to read and write IFC files and this is again really not easy. Mm -hmm. And using this, yeah, you again you you call this and you have it out of the box. And it, perhaps you combine this with other libraries, um, and in the end you are able to build your ana analog platform to BIM 360. So this yeah. is not a finished product. This is a piece of the puzzle. I understand. Are there any other uh, browser viewers that you are aware about? Uh, I, I don't think there are browsers, browser viewers that do what we are doing here because the general approach when you want to see IFCs in browsers, instead of, because this is so difficult, like to parse the IFC directly in the browser, what it's usually, usually done, you export the IFC to another format like mm -hmm. GLTF or OBJ, and because this format is much easier, then you send that object to the to the browser and see it. Um, the downside of this, again, is that you have to do this conversion in your server. So this adds complexity to the project because you have to send the information to the server, the server converts. And I think this is what happens in BIM 360, for instance. Mm -hmm. uh, the server takes the IFC, export, exports the 3D model in another format that is more browser friendly, and then send that back. And I, I think this, this is different to the approach we are following here. Mm -hmm. Because here we are converting any browser in an IFC viewer. I see. Awesome. Very impressive work, Antonio. Yeah, uh, no, anytime, man. It's not finished yet, but we hope. Yeah, yeah, but uh, like the direction you're heading in is very important. And I'm sure it's going to be more, more and more interest for this and more help will, uh, will uh, join in the project. Uh, is there anything else you you think it's, it's important to mention that you did not mention yet? Yes. Um, if if there's anyone seeing this and anyone that is, you know, perhaps saying, oh, I would like to participate, but perhaps I don't have the knowledge to get into this because, you know, uh, I see all these things. I don't know, like, uh, I don't know much about JavaScript or I, mm -hmm. I see this C++ and I don't know much about C++. You know, the reality is, and I am being completely honest here, is that this is my first JavaScript project and also my first C++ project. And I am learning along the way. And really, uh, I think that here in the open source world, it's not very important to have the knowledge or it's not. The most important thing is not to have the knowledge, 
but to be um, to be open to spend the time necessary to gain the knowledge to do that project. Mm -hmm. So if if there's anyone that wants to join the project and is afraid that perhaps oh. I'm ashamed because I am a new developer or I am an experienced developer, but in another areas, don't be afraid. Just ask because we are really friendly. We don't bite or anything. And uh, yeah, we will welcome you to the project. Awesome. How can people contact you, Antonio? Yeah, uh, they can actually, they can join the Discord group. We have a Discord group. Um, I think there's somewhere here. Otherwise, and it's also if you look for that in Twitter, or, but you can directly write like a private message me, uh, both in Twitter or in GitHub, or go to the ifc.js. Like if you go uh, here, you go to issues and you write, hey, I would like to participate. And then perhaps you tell us, hey, I, I know I know this and that, but I don't know anything about C++. Where do you think I can participate? And we can help you find out where your place is in the project. And yeah, um, I really encourage any, any, everyone to, to get into this because I really think this will uh, be really useful in the short term. Yeah, that sounds great. Thank you very much for joining me and uh, showing me all this interesting stuff. And thank you very much for putting in the time to develop this tool, actually. Yeah, no, thank you for the invitation. It was a pleasure to show this.